Well, hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me. This is Ross Jones, your business coach with my weekly podcast show, Bold Business Bits, coming to you from Yorkshire. This is where I have a great conversation with a phenomenal female business boss. We share some of the bold stuff they do, lessons they've learned, adversities they've overcome, and the fun they have. And then I'll be dipping into my toolkit and sharing a top tip. Business can be lonely, so make sure you join us each week and be part of our show. Well, hello and welcome to episode 20 of my Bold Business Bits podcast show. This is Ros Jones and today I'm joined by Louise Fellows of York Pilates People. From Wolverhampton to the Isle of Mull, the University of Edinburgh to her perfect studio venue in York, Lou Fellows created her Pilates business, York Pilates People, after a massive setback forced her to change the direction of her life. People are firmly at the centre of Louise's business and now, just 18 months after setting up, she finds that word of mouth is the most important and effective way of giving voice to her business. Listen on and hear how it's never too late. Today, my guest is Louise Fellows of York Pilates People. Hello, Louise. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Mm. So, Louise, tell us about York Pilates People. How did it come about? Well, so York Pilates People is my studio in York City Centre. We've got a beautiful, bright studio just near to Clifford's Tower. It came about last November. I had moved to York with my partner. He moved to York for work and I ended up following him here. I'd been teaching classes in church halls and community venues and had built up a bit of a client base. But was that full-time? It was the only thing I was doing. I wouldn't say that it was taking up all my time. Okay. <laughs> but I decided that I needed to get a bit more serious about it, really. And it probably all happened a little bit more quickly than I had anticipated because such a perfect venue came up. So my studio is above a cafe called Daughter Cafe, who I follow on Instagram. The owner there put a story saying, anyone want to be our neighbour? I responded to that and went to see her the next day and said, yeah, don't let anybody else see this. Oh, I want it. Yeah. yeah. And so then it was kind of against the clock as to, you know, how quickly can we get it ready? How quickly can I get all my marketing material out and make this business go? So why Pilates? Well, I've never really been a sporty person. I actually have type 1 diabetes, so when I was at school, I found physical activities quite challenging. But when I was working in Edinburgh, I worked for a multiple sclerosis charity, and there was a Pilates class there. The teacher invited me along to one of his mainstream classes, and I just found it really transformative. I think because I have some hypermobility, I was often kind of quite clumsy, not very well coordinated and not sort of in touch with my body and going to Pilates just made everything feel different it made other types of exercise much easier and so I was kind of really hooked on it from there okay fantastic well first of all you mentioned Edinburgh so what were you doing in Edinburgh I studied in Edinburgh so yeah I actually studied English literature I did my undergrad there and then I did a master's degree there as well can I just ask you something yeah I did English literature English language and literature as a degree so I want to know what was your master's dissertation ah it was quite relevant actually it was the expression of disability in contemporary writing so I've always partly through my diabetes my own experience I often find it quite frustrating because sitting down to write 
concentrating can be very challenging if your blood sugars are not under control or they're too high. And so I sort of became interested in that side of things and, and that led me down a, a different path. I ended up doing a postgraduate diploma in creative writing for therapeutic purposes. Oh, right. Very interesting. Yeah, that's been a real passion of mine for years and, and still is. It's sort of on the back burner at the moment by necessity. So that was... That's why you were in Edinburgh. That's why I was in Edinburgh. <laughs> Although... I had then moved away from Edinburgh. My family live on Mull. My parents live on the Isle of Mull okay. in Scotland. So Are you from Scottish not, descent? Not really. My grandparents retired to Mull and my family lived in Wolverhampton. Right. So when I was 12, my parents made the decision to move the family to the Isle of Mull. Right. I lived there since, from the ages of 12 until about 17 when I went to Edinburgh. Oh. Which I didn't really appreciate at the time, no. to be honest with you. I <laughs> but I really do now. It's an absolutely wonderful place to be able yeah. to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had moved back to Mull for a little while. And actually, part of the reason I ended up training as a Pilates teacher is because Andy of Leith Pilates in Edinburgh said to me, if you train as a teacher, I can give you a job. I really wanted to be back in the city. I needed to move back to Edinburgh and that was my opportunity to do so. And so it was a, a bit of a leap from where I had seen myself, but it's turned out to work out quite well for me. Yeah. I think. When I was a child, for instance, I always wanted to be a teacher. What was your burning desire to have a business or to be a writer? I certainly had periods in my childhood where I, I thought I would be a writer. Mm-hmm. I wrote profusely as a young child. I've still got poems and things that my mum has saved and then I think as I got older I was interested in psychology I certainly didn't see myself in this kind of job but I think because of the route I went down with the creative writing for therapeutic purposes I was finding it really difficult to find an avenue to combine my passion for that with being able to make a living from it and the result of that was that I ended up in quite a lot of jobs that I wasn't really enjoying trying to juggle those with something that I really loved and it can be quite jarring I think to try to straddle that. I think you've answered this question but do you still do writing or is that something that you're going to go back to? I do little bits here and there. I don't have a writing practice at the moment. It's something that's always on my list of self-improvement that I should be doing because I do love writing. At the moment, I'm not... I did do uh, an event earlier this year with a couple of other practitioners. I did. Uh, I led a creative writing for a well-being session, oh, wow. and actually combined that with my Pilates experience. So it's called writing on the mat, and we kind of use the body as a prompt for writing. So I'll lead people through not exactly exercises, but a series of movements that can be quite provocative, and then get them to write for a period on their responses to, to their bodies. I love that. Yeah, it works really well and it's just never ceases to amaze me. The words that people can come out with, they surprise themselves with. Yeah, you're going to do it again? I hope so. Good. So what made you set up your business? Partly frustration. That sounds like a negative reason to set up a business. But at the time I had been trying to get onto a PhD programme. So I had been offered a place, but I was struggling to get funding. Was this still in Edinburgh? I was living in York, but applying at Edinburgh University, which I don't know how I expected that to work out but mm. there we go that's another thing <laughs> so I'd been sort of through a few rounds of applying for funding and, and getting knocked back and one which seemed really hopeful and I'd had an interview and uh, after I was told I was unsuccessful with that it was a real blow 
and I was quite lost really because as I said I'd moved to York because of my partner's job. I thought there was somebody involved here. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and sort of just teaching the odd Pilates class here and there wasn't doing it for me so I needed something to put my energy into yeah. and something to focus on and to also be a, a creative outlet because I teach the classes obviously but I do all my own marketing I do my own website I've created this space that people are so complimentary of and I think that side of things is really important for me as well yeah. so out of the blow you received from being turned down for your PhD funding you've created this new thing this yeah this business yeah That's, yeah I love that that's a brilliant story great what's the best thing about your business Louise Sounds cheesy, but my clients, yeah. that I just love them. They're the nicest group of people, and I couldn't have asked for it to work out better than it has in terms of the kind of community that we have at the studio. Part of the reason I called it York Pilates People is because the people who come along to the classes are the centre of it and I have several people who come along several times a week and we chat and they go down for coffee together after class and, and there's a, a real sense of community and also a real sense of progress because there's people who I've been teaching since I moved to York a year and a half ago and they can do so much more now than they used to be able to and I've got examples of people who've managed to reduce pain or even eliminate pain that they were in and just feel better and feel more connected to their bodies so that's really really fulfilling to see yeah I bet so tell us a bit so maybe not everybody knows what Pilates is what is Pilates it's a system of movement designed by a man called Joseph Pilates. It's moved on quite a lot since he initially set out the exercises. But a question I get asked most often is, is it like yoga? And the answer to that is sort of. It's an exercise which takes place on mats and sometimes we poach a couple of yoga exercises but generally it's more strength based and we're more interested in alignment so the best possible way to align your body so that when you are strengthening and when you're working your muscles you're doing so in a way that's going to be beneficial to your day-to-day -day life so that's going to support your posture and that's going to get your body moving in a functional way that's not going to cause further damage. I've heard of something called yoga lattes. Is, mm. is that really such a thing? Apparently. The less I say on that, the better. I think. So you stick to Pilates? I do. Okay. I do. We should also really say how people can find out more about your... So if somebody thinks that sounds a good idea and I like the sound of Louise, what happens next? Well, they can... Go to my website, which is yorkpilatespeople.com, and via that you can sign up for a taster session. So I do £5 tasters, which I think is the best way to find out whether you like it or not, because there's no commitment to that, and you can give it a try. If you like it, you can come back. If you don't, you don't have to. Brilliant. In your time in business, I know it's only been a short time, but what for you has been the most challenging in your business? So we've talked about the stuff you love. What about the big challenges? Are there any? For me, the biggest challenge is probably getting the word out. I've always found, whether it's been with this business that I have now or whether it's been with previous classes that I've 
try to market. Getting people through the door is the most challenging part. And then they tend to stay. But we live in a world where, you know, you really have to shout in order to be heard and you have to repeat yourself so many times. So, yeah, I do have a bit of a strange relationship with social media and the time you can lose to it and yeah, the yeah, value that you do or don't get out of it. What's been the number one or the best way of getting your voice heard? Word of mouth. Yeah, by far the best way has been word of mouth. So it's interesting. This is one of the reasons why I created my podcast show, actually, which was to give voice to my phenomenal female business bosses in Yorkshire, but to give voice to women in business because it can be difficult, can't it? Sometimes there's, we're competing against so much other stuff, other noise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I mean, my personal view is that actually the impact of social media can be a little bit overstated sometimes because I think you can put a lot of time into it and you might get a lot of likes or views or whatever, but that doesn't necessarily translate into Money. business. <laughs> No, yeah. no. Yeah, absolutely. I did a few workshops a few months, maybe it was last year, anyway, a few months ago, which deliberately were called, just to be a bit provocative, not a digital marketing workshop. <laughs> because it just felt to me that people were flocking to thinking that digital marketing was going to be the saviour of their business. And there's so much more to building a business, isn't there, than just digital marketing? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think as well, you know, people get really caught up with it. I have been told so many times that, you know, you cannot even start until you've got your branding right. You know, you must have the right colours, and yeah. Yeah, which I think is just nonsense. You know, businesses evolve as they grow, and my business has done that. And I didn't have everything perfect from the start, but I think that's okay. You know, yeah, absolutely. But talking about that, so given that your business is growing steadily, what's your what's your plan for your? Have you do you have a big a hag as they say, a big hairy audacious? goal for your business? I don't. At the moment, what I'm working on is trying to redress my work-life balance. So, you know, obviously because the business is so young, I've had to put all my time into it and I'm teaching all my classes, which is fine, but that's not sustainable in terms of my time and energy. So I'm working on being able to get other teachers that I trust to come along and, and teach some classes so that I can work on the business in different ways, but also so I can work on my allotment and oh yeah cool. you know yeah my writing perhaps so i ask people i'm a big believer in that we need to look after all aspects of our health so it's not just the financial health of our business it's your physical health your mental health your spiritual health all of those things if you're a pilates business then presumably that's your physical health looked after well you would think so but actually teaching a pilates class is not the same as doing a pilates class and I think probably since opening the business, my physical health has probably suffered a little bit mm -hmm. just through not finding enough time for, for self-care. It's something that I need to fit in. And now that I've gotten to know other teachers in the city, I do intend to make a, a regular habit of going to their classes yeah. and practice what I preach. Yeah, good. And it sounds like you're into gardening as well if you've got an allotment yeah very amateur yeah. but very cool. enthusiastic yeah good. do you grow vegetables <laughs> vegetables yeah yeah not many vegetables at the moment we've got a lot of beetroots and we've got a lot of courgettes lovely, <laughs> lovely. one of the questions i like to ask my guests is given your experience of setting up a business and doing the day-to-day -day running of your business if i'm sitting here and i say to you louise 
I'm thinking about setting up my own business, what would your advice be? I don't want to be cliched, but I think there's something to be said for just having some conviction. Being realistic, you know, of course, when I decided to set up my business, I had spreadsheets and I worked it all out and I need this loan and I need this equipment and so on. But don't let scaremongers hold you back. Yeah. So I think there can be a lot of intimidating advice out there. So I suppose what actually I'm getting to is keep it simple do what you know how to do. Yeah. And if you do that well, you'll be successful. Yeah, good advice, I'd say. I thought you were going to say, get a business coach. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could do with one of those as well. Absolutely. So that's, that's brilliant. And so, Louise, it's been lovely to speak with you. Personally, I am really interested in Pilates. I have not focused enough on good posture, I believe. And the longer you leave it, in my experience it turns into these other little niggles that can become problems, can't they? And I'm just wondering, when's the best time to start Pilates? Pilates is a, a lifetime occupation, of course, but many of my clients start in later life. Um, that's a bit of a loaded term, but certainly most of my clients are retired, I would say. And that's not an obstacle. You know, they still learn and improve their posture and their health through coming along. Okay. So it's never too late? Never too late. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really reassuring. So we don't have to give up on ourselves at all. No. I'd imagine that we had to start when we were children. <laughs> okay, so that's lovely. Thank you so much, Louise. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you this morning. And I'm just looking forward to trying this out myself. So thanks a lot. Thank you very much. In our conversation, Louise gave some advice, which was about not letting scaremongers hold you back. And this does happen, doesn't it, in life and in business especially. You're trying to grow and develop as a person and a business. There may be some people around you who are afraid of that change, afraid of losing you and who will unconsciously, maybe consciously, do anything they can to hold you back. Of course, there are many people who go out of the way to help you learn and grow. And some might help you a bit, but these other people are sometimes the problem people. They can be quite toxic in the way they try and hold you back. So seven bits of advice, because they may make you doubt yourself. So don't allow anyone else's doubts about you to turn into your own. If you find yourself doubting yourself because of something someone said or did, remember how far you've come and how strong you've grown. Whatever you believe about yourself is what you will manifest in your actions. Believe unwaveringly in yourself and others will have no choice but to believe in you too. Number two, if others find fault in you, you can think about their criticism objectively and then move on. If it's valid, you can let it help you learn more, know more, be more. But if not, just ignore it. Never allow it to become a reason to get stuck or play small. Number three, People who constantly criticise your ideas, so some people almost can't help responding to any new idea with negativity. But even unworkable ideas often have elements that are worth preserving or that lead to something that does work. So find other people who can help you explore new ideas. Before, these people will discount your strengths. And the best way to combat someone who tries to undermine your strengths is simply to know yourself. When you have a clear sense of your own strengths and weaknesses, you're well suited to ignore the uninformed opinions of others. So do a bit of SWOT analysis on yourself. Number five is people who minimise your contributions. 
This is often because they're trying to take more than their share of the credit. So here's an idea. Lead by example. Make sure you give credit to others ahead of yourself, knowing that shining an eye on another person's efforts does nothing to take away from your own. And just keep up the great work. Number six, some people, they just try and make you feel unimportant. First thing you have to get past when somebody puts you down is this. It hurts. So feel what you're feeling. Allow the pain to make you stronger, the fear to make you braver and the heartbreak to make you wiser. Then go and invest in the opinions of others who know you better. And then finally, number seven, negative people sometimes enjoy backing others into an imaginary corner, maybe to make up for their own feelings of being trapped. But of course, the truth is that life is full of alternatives and choices. Simply choose to live your best life every day, no matter what the options before you may be. Even if you don't have a choice about doing something, you always have a choice about how you do it and what you learn from it. So don't take to heart the negativity of others. Remember that it has more to do with their own situation than with you. Stay tough and know what you're worth. There's a great book on this, actually. We did it in our book club. It's a book called The Polar Bear Pirates by Adrian Webster. And he talks about uh, these creatures that try and hold you back on your way to stardom, to the fat city. So it's a book I recommend. Anyway, I hope that's been useful. If I can help it anyway in your business journey, or if you just want to have a conversation or take part in my podcast show, then please just get in touch. Thanks a lot. This has been your Ross Jones Bold Business Bits podcast show. If you'd like any further information about anything we've discussed today, please just get in touch. Go to businesscoachingyorkshire.co.uk. Please join me again next week when I'll be speaking with another phenomenal female business boss with Bold Business Bits. And remember to subscribe to my show. Thanks for listening.